you're somebody I've wanted to talk to for a while on here. I think we've talked about it over the years. We've worked together a lot of times over the years on the showcases and free act shows and really all the shows in the Valley, right? So I guess first I wanted to talk to you kind of about where it started for you musically. I mean, you know, when you were a kid, what were you into and what, you know, what kind of got you into the live music scene? Yeah, you know, uh, I started back when I was in high school playing bass in some garage bands and and uh, that kind of turned into where I was out promoting my own gigs and promoting other local bands' gigs and handing out flyers and putting you know, posters up on the telephone poles and handing out handbills. And that kind of, back, you know, I'm a kid from the 80s, and so, you know, back in the 80s, there wasn't a lot of entertainment choices. Um, so going to concerts are pretty much what, what everybody did back then. That was the highlight so you know, I think I sp- spent pretty much all my money on cassettes and spent all my money on CDs and concert tickets and uh, kind of jumped into promoting other bands and uh, driving the van selling the t-shirts and the cassettes and settling up the uh, the bar tabs at the night that the band ran up <laughs> so that's kind of where it all started for me back in high school and then you know, fast forward a few years later, and I ended up in uh, Spokane, Washington. I originally started out in, in uh, Central Texas, and uh, met my wife. She lived in Spokane, so I made the move to Spokane. And uh, the Big Easy, I'm sure you remember the Big Easy in, in mm-hmm. Boise, uh, but they had a Big Easy in Spokane that opened up in uh, 2003. So I kind of started there marketing some of the dance nights my wife uh, started a dance crew and just like i believe uh, in the boise location they had weekly dance nights uh, i think they had those here as well uh, my wife kind of started doing some go-go dancing stuff for the dance crew you know, and I, that's where i got my foot in at the big easy at that time so it's it kind of kind of a neat progression from what i did as a kid uh, you know, with local local music scene to where I actually turned it into a, a career when the Big Easy opened up and, and uh, you know, started promoting the local bands there. So it, it kind of came natural to me because it was something that I did, you know, in my teenage years and my early 20s. And I was like, wow, I get to change to do what I did when I was younger and now can I do it on a professional level? And the Knitting Factory then bought out both the Big Easy here in Boise and the one in Spokane, the Knitting Factory uh, really took it to a whole other level as far as the caliber of bands that they were bringing in. And, you know, it just took everything up a notch. Then I guess from that point, I moved to uh, to Reno, and they opened, the Knitting Factory opened up a location in Reno. And that was even uh, a bigger challenge because... You know, big casino market, and was there for quite a few years. I guess three or four years before I had the opportunity to move to Boise, and I've been here since 2012. I remember when you when you got here too. It's funny you mentioned the dance the dance club nights at the Big Easy because that it was they, we did have those here. It was Wednesday nights, and I remember because I went when I was younger, and you'd go up on the stage and you could dance up there and then on the floor, and yeah, it was yep. it was fun. So you know, you you mentioned when you when you came from Reno to here. 
the changes that you made, at least for me, I noticed instantly just in the, the venue itself and, you know, the staff and everything you were doing. Is that something that, you know, you took the experience that you had, you know, in Reno and, or, and other venues and kind of tried to to do that here in Boise? Yeah, each, each location, you know, um, I work with, with different managers. You know, I started out in marketing in Spokane, and then I became the assistant general manager there. Um, the general manager there um, was uh, Greg Marchand, who, uh, who ended up to be one of the vice presidents of the company later in the years. But he was a real mentor for me. Um, he taught me a lot. And whenever I moved to Reno, uh, the general manager there was Dean Hansen. And Dean Hansen was the uh, general manager of the Boise location before that. And uh, I learned a lot from him as well. So it's kind of like some of the things that, that I brought to Boise. I had learned from other people that had been doing it for years. Um, and when I got to Boise, it was it was kind of a, a natural progression of all the different things I picked up from people along the way of showing me Hey, this is a good way to do things. Um, and it was always about kind of making the concert experience. Since since I'm such a, a fan of live music, I just always wanted to make it, you know, a place that if I was a customer or a patron, that the things that I would want, you know, um, from the moment that you walk through the door, just feel like you've kind of got um, kind of a sense of ownership in the venue, like, uh, you felt like, you know, family, you know, one of the faces that you'd see uh, walk through the doors, even these different music genres, you'll see the same, like, familiar faces from, um, like, country bands, you'll see the locals with the country, for the rock bands, and you start making these uh, these friendships, and you, it just kind of feels like, kind of like a home when you go there. You definitely gave it that vibe and i've always kind of made the joke or the you know the saying that it's, it's my second home and it it really always has been i think that's part of what you you know you did to to bring it to that level and just you know even the security staff and everybody that you know production everybody that's working there to put the shows together mm-hmm. as soon as we show up you know i always see those friendly faces and it's just you know you're gonna have a good night when you go there and, and see that and so that's just that's something that i always really appreciated and in loved you know about going there and you know, you mentioned playing music when you were younger, and obviously you've worked with all kinds of genres, right? Has rock kind of had a special place with you along the way? It oh, for like sure. It has, at least from my standpoint. Yeah, yeah, just that's my go-to, and you know, it seems like the the, the rockers and the rock crowd—they're um, super loyal. You know, there uh, there's so many faces. Whether you know, it's a whatever because rock does break down into. You know, you have metal, you have classic rock, you have pop rock, but it seems like the the rock crowd is the. Um, I mean, they. When, I, I really feel at home with them, and maybe it's just because I'm an old metalhead from the '80s, um, and I feel comfortable in that genre. But it just seems like a really sense, uh, like a, a sense of, of family uh, when you go to those shows. So, um, but you know, by being in this industry, this bands and styles of music that you know growing up i thought i'd never like that uh, you know that's not my thing um but then you get exposed to some of this and you go oh you know this is this is really cool too even though it's not something that you're used to um so you know it's one thing that's kind of neat that you have so many different people in a community um that show up for different types of shows um 
and it just makes you feel like you're at home when you when you get there. I mean, no one ever calls in sick at the knitting factory, you know, and that's always a good sign. Um, it, you know, everyone's always wanting to come to work, and it's kind of like when you walk through the front doors at the knitting factory, you you leave all your troubles at the door. You know, when you get there, you know you're going to have a good time. You're around such positive energy from the fans, the bands, um, the crew, and the staff. So that's something I've always just tried to uh, create at the different locations. And one of the things that was noticeable right away, too, is, you know, your involvement with the local scene, you know, and obviously we've worked together on that over the years, but what what kind of inspired you to get involved or to want to, you know, give the local bands a chance and just do what you've done in that that realm? Well, you know, when the tours come through town um, and people come to the shows, they're, they're here to see what the what, what's on the stage. And for the, for the big tours, for the most part, we are just a, you know, a room with the PA system and, and a band on stage. People are there to see uh, the band and that's what they come for. But for the local shows and the local events, um, that's us, you know, that's Boise, that's knitting factory. Um, and that's the X that's, that's us having a chance to put on these shows. Um, so it just seems more like that's our chance to shine. And the, the people that are coming there aren't just coming to see the band that's on stage. You know, it's, um, it's more of a community event, um, where we can sit there and kind of put a feather in our hat and say, Hey, this is us. Uh, so to me, it just takes a little bit more, um, I don't know, it's just an expression of, of us trying to create something. And I think with that too, you know, there's always, I always feel really proud when I see the local bands, you know, up there as well. I mean, I, I one of the instances is when we had the Red Free X show and Chapter Black, you know, a local band that was, they were relatively new at the time. They hadn't played Knitting Factory yet. And it's one of those things where I, you know, I got all those guys, they're big red fans. And so I got them all together on the phone and, you know, kind of surprised them with, hey, we want to put you on this show. And, uh, you know, there's obviously apprehension sometimes too when a, a band hasn't played that that stage and that setup before. And, you know, and they just did a, they did a great job. And I just, I was really proud to see that. And so afterwards I saw them back in the merch booth, you know, signing autographs and, you know, selling CDs and stuff. And there was just a sense of, I just, I felt just really happy and proud just to yep. see a local yep, band, for sure. you know, do that, kind of take that next step in their career, so to speak. And, you know, knowing that you're, you're kind of a part of that, what kind of spawned, you know, starting the, you know, the showcases or, you know, you were always kind of booking local bands on different shows and, and giving them their own nights and then. You know, at one point you and I started to talk about let's let's combine forces on this. What made you want to go that route? Well, you know, I always just try to reach out and find uh, the best things for those nights. And you know, I could go out and find local bands, and you know, and I knew the you know we all knew the heavy hitters. Uh, you know, Dave Ford, uh, Ken's Mansfield. I mean, there's there's these musicians in town that uh, no matter what. Uh, project they're in at the time, you know, they're going to be good, but it was to the point where, you know, I wanted to take it to the next level and dig deep and find the next up and coming band. And I knew that, um, that you were tapped into the scene. Um, and because of the connection that the X has with the local rockers, you know, we could kind of dig a little deeper, um, and, and find some of the new talent, some of the young talent that maybe, uh, you know, they were fresh out of the garage, um, but it would give some some people some chances to uh, to get up on our stage and 
and and you never know who the next big thing is um and so that's that's really the kind of the thought process behind it because i knew that you were dialed in um with the local scene and and you would be able to you know dig deep and and find some new talent and i, th- I think we did a good job i honestly I'll, I'll always look back no matter you know no matter what happens you know with everything else and those will be of all the things i've worked on over the years with music that'll be some of the proudest moments it's those those exclusive showcases, you know, just seeing, like I said before, seeing those bands up there and just I agree. having that chance and having that opportunity is just, absolutely, it's huge. And I can't tell you how many have come to us after, you know, um, on the side of the stage or whatever and said, thank you so much for this. This is the best night of my life. And just, you know, seeing that is, is what makes it all worth it. And then seeing the fans in there too, and, and them, you know, bringing people to come see them and then people coming to see another band and then getting, you know, exposure to this other band they haven't seen yet. And it's just a really cool you know, network and community of, of, you know, loving uh, music lovers all there to just see awesome live music. And so mm-hmm. to see all aspects of that with those shows, like I said, that's, I'll always be, you know, extremely yep. proud of I agree. those. And the turnouts were awesome too. I was always really happy, like just to, cause you never know. And that was always the thing is we, we put these together and it's different when you're not necessarily, you know, you don't, you don't see the ticket sales, right? You're just, you were, you know, the bands have their allotment of tickets, the station, we're giving them out on the radio and we just, we don't know what the turnout's going to be. And so, you know, I'd always be really nervous leading up to, and then I, you know, if I look out the window and see a line starting to form, at least at that last one, even there was, I saw that and I was like, okay, this is going to be a, a good night. Oh, you know? sure. And then there's times I'd look out at the beginning and be like, okay, there's not a whole lot of people here. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a, a group of people and the, and the floors, you know, f- packed and stuff. And so it's just, you don't know. That's part of the fun of it oh, though, yeah. too, I think. And a handful of, I mean, of the, the bands, I mean, the musicianship and the bands that, that we have in Boise, uh, some of them I would put up against any of the national tours, you know, and sometimes, you know, we would kind of use the local um, showcases to kind of, that was kind of our, um, what do you call it, kind of our uh, uh, our B-League, I guess you could say, so we could kind of go out and see who the best bands were and then use those bands to be local support on the national tours. And I have to say there's been uh, a handful of times where when we would put a local band on a national tour and I would sit there and go, the, the locals stole a show tonight, you know, where they would come and bring their yeah. a-, a game and just, you know, really um, tear it up. I mean, uh, local bands, uh, Black Tooth Grin, you know, I, we could put those guys on any, on any heavy um, rock or, or metal show um, and the energy that those guys would put up on stage, um, I mean, it was just fantastic. Yeah. And that's, that's always kind of been my thing with the locals is like you said, when they compete at the national level and that's one of the, the biggest compliments I can ever get is even with the show, you know, with exclusive and I, if somebody hears a, a local band and a national band, cause I play new national stuff and I play local stuff. And when somebody hears a local band and they think it's a national band they're like, wow, that band's local. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> that's the, like, that's all we're trying yep. to do is to get you familiar and to realize that and to listen to them more. Uh, but like you said, kind of setting that stage and same thing with the free X shows, you know, we'd have the, and with free X shows, you never know who was going to blow up and become the next big thing there either along with the local bands doing that same thing. Cause you know, Chevelle played one, the killers played one, Evanescence played one back way back in the day, you know, Avatar of course, and Red and all these bands that um, sometimes were established and they come, would come back and do a free X show or they were just starting out some, like some of these local bands are, then they would blow up. And so, that's kind of the same thing with this is, you know, with the exclusive showcases, we could say, okay, you know, some of these bands might make sense to open up mm-hmm. this next free X show with whoever's coming to town and, you know, trying to make the, 
the sounds match and the lineups match and all that kind of stuff. And so it was always just really cool, you know, to see yeah. that and to see them, like you said, take it to the next level or steal the show. And I think it goes without saying, I mean, I grew up in Boise. I've been around the local scene for a long time, but there was a period of time where I lived in LA for a while and, you know, there's bands all over there, down there trying to make it and things like that. But there's something really special about the Boise scene. And I don't think it's just because I grew up here, but having, you know, since you moved from out of state to come here, is that is that accurate, you know, from seeing other perspectives and other, you know, venues, other cities that you've been? Oh, uh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the uh, um, the Pacific Northwest in general um, has had, you know, some really, really strong bands. Um, but the Boise scene, you know, you've got a couple dozen um, musicians and players in this area that are just so super talented. Um, that in the in just like a lot of local scenes where they will have multiple projects and every once in a while you know i'll sit back and watch one of these bands up on stage and, and it just blows me away that the talent that's in in boise and these are uh you know they're household names here in, in boise but uh, it just it does kind of kill me from time to time whenever you know i'll i'll hear bands you know that are on national tours and think man uh the Boise area, <laughs> we've got some real talent here. Um, and, you know, I'm still hopeful that, um, that you'll get some, some of these local guys become household names nationwide or worldwide at some point. Um, I mean, it's, it, it really is something, I mean, obviously we've got, um, you know, midline that's been around for a long time in the, in the Boise area. I know that they've toured and, and, uh, seen some national success. Uh, but I mean, when you're looking at, um, uh, you know, the musicianship of like Fred Fisher and that band. Uh, I mean, that guy is one of the best drummers in the world. I think, I mean, I'll sit there and watch him on stage side, uh, and just be flat jawed, um, watching him up there. And, um, so, I mean, there, there are some people in this community that given the right opportunity, um, could really become very famous. The talent, the talent, I've always said that too. The talent is there the biggest challenge and the hurdle and, you know, from our standpoints are to get people to acknowledge it and to listen to it and give it a chance, you know, and that's why I've always felt so strongly about the local scene and, and doing all we can do to draw attention to it and to get people to, to listen to it. Cause once they realize they're like, wow, it was, that was a great show, a great performance. So that song I just heard was awesome. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I, I strive for, you know? And so, and I get asked this all the time too, and I'm curious what your thought is. Do you think that, you know, here in Boise, there is, a band that could emerge or will emerge and be that next big thing out there. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, because a lot of times the bands that, that are big right now, you never know if that's going to be the band that will, that will break it big because a lot of these bands have uh, players in many different projects. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say if there's going to be a certain band or a certain key players that create something um, I mean, you see it all the time where you have local bands that get together and they play for a couple of years and then, you know, people, you know, life happens. People get married, they have kids, their jobs pull them away from it. Um, so I, I don't know if the, I don't know if Boise's biggest band is necessarily out there right now, but I bet you the musicians are out there right now. Um, that can take it to the next level for sure. And a lot of that, you know, comes down to the timing and it is. You know, kind of breaking at the right time. It, it, it's all about the timing for sure. I look back at, you know, the, 
that the bands and the musicians I've seen throughout my lifetime, um, I've known guitar players that I would put up against uh, Jimmy Page or, or, or any of the greats that you would have out there that are school teachers. And, you know, they're uh, people that work, you know, labor jobs that just never got the opportunity. But I guarantee you that, um, that they were as talented as talented or more talented than some of the people that we hold up as uh, legends and icons in, in music. And I can tell you the one thing is we have the you know some of the hardest working bands and you know people like you said here because I can't tell you how many times we've put somebody on a showcase or a free act show and they're I mean leading up to it they are literally you know rehearsing every day and trying to get everything right and talking about their performance and all the things they're gonna you know, do and work on. And so it's just, it's awesome to see that they don't, they don't take those opportunities for granted. You know, they work hard and they want to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. And it goes beyond just the musicians on stage. I mean, I look at, uh, the talent behind the scenes, you know, um, uh, our, our sound engineers at the club, um, uh, these sound engineers, um, you know, Sonny Taylor, I mean, he's been out on the road with, with all kinds of big names, um, and we're so lucky to have someone like that in our in our area, or even uh, the photographers. I mean, look at um, of Kat um, Sepik. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I would put her concert photography up against anything that you see on TV or any magazines or any blogs. I mean, I think that you know the talent in Boise goes far beyond um, the stage for sure. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right, and it's it's cool to see because all of those people are, are working really hard too to, to do the best they can to become better. I mean, Kat always will, you know, say, Oh, I didn't, I didn't love that shoot or that. I'm like, you are amazing. <laughs> you know, everything you do is always yeah. amazing, mm-hmm. but she's always trying to be better and do, you know, and, and do better. And we all mm-hmm. kind of are, and you brought up, you know, Sonny and um, that's a great thing too. Is not only, you know, are they extremely, you know, experienced and great, at what they do and super talented, but just being around him, like Sonny is one of my favorite people to see at shows, you know, and just get a greeting from him or yep. Brett or Finn or, you know, Treva and everybody that you, your team that you had there, it goes a long way to just yep. beyond the quality of their work, but just as people and being around them is just what made that home. I mean, look at, look at Matt, look at Madison or like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she started, she started out as, you know, a fry cook and I knew that she was in some, some, uh, into some DJing and some, some EDM type stuff. And, um, it came open. I was like, Hey, why don't you give this a shot? And I mean, the light production that she can do, um, I'll put it up against anybody's light show. And, you know, there's been times whenever she really turned a corner and, um, and really dialed it in where I was sitting there watching the lights one night and I thought, well, that must be the touring LD doing that show. Um, and I looked up in the crow's nest and, and there she sat, uh, doing it. And I knew it. I was like, bam, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, giving people some opportunities and, and seeing, you know, where they can, where they can take it to. Yeah. And she's one too, that always is trying to perfect that craft. Cause I've seen her, you know, practice on different things and trying it out. And she's just so geeked out about lights and the setup and everything. It's just really mm-hmm. cool that someone's puts that much time and effort into what they do to, to make it better because that then makes it better for everybody else that's there watching, you know, and, and I think a lot of it goes beyond because they're a really cool experience with her is it was, I think the Diamante show. Um, and this is, I think where I met her the, for the first time and she came up and gave me the, 
I guess she got a hold of the Diamante set list, right? And she's like, yeah, I really wanted you to, you know, to have this. Um, and then just like a few minutes later, I was talking to this couple who their, their daughter could, I think was sick or something and couldn't be there and, but really wanted to be there and, and whatnot. And so I then in turn handed them that set list to take back to their daughter and just seeing their face and, you know, what that meant to them. And then in turn, will mean to their daughter. And that yep. started with, you know, Maddie starting that. And so it's just, that again, goes back to the quality of, of people, you know, and that team that you have. And, um, and it goes beyond just, you know, the music and, and all those things. It's just the, the people. And so that's been, been the biggest thing for me yep. is just being able to go there and know that those, those faces are going to be there, you know, whenever I go, it's just super comforting knowing that. And so, and that's, I think hat, a lot of that's obviously hats off to, you know, you putting that, that together and putting those people in place and creating that environment. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you noticed because <laughs> it's, it really is. I mean, to see, um, I mean, you mentioned Treva, you know, she runs uh, head of security and when you, when you go to a, a concert and you do have to have in this day and age, you know, uh, you know, a higher level of security, um, when they come there. And we know that whenever you get in line that we're going to have to invade your personal space and we're going to have to go through your, your pockets and have a melody detector wand. Um, and that can really, um, be an unpleasant experience if you don't do it correctly. And so you can see how she, you know, has trained her staff that when you come up, it's they're joking, you know, she'll get on the bullhorn and, you know, joke around with the crowd when it's lined up down the alley. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just when you, you know, go through it where that could, that could easily go the opposite direction. And, you know, you walk in and it's going, Oh God, I just can't believe I just went through that. So that's, um, little things like that where we just want to, you know, make sure everybody's safe, but do it, um, and make everybody feel comfortable and, you know, let them know that, Hey, we're, we're going to have a safe night here. Um, but that's, again, that's, you know, I tip my hat to Treva, uh, because she does it better than, than just about anyone, you know, in that situation, because it's, it's never easy to, to, to do that. So there has to be a level of finesse and, um, and style to, to do it and, you know, make everybody feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing too. Cause it's, it's that really a balance, like you said, kind of having fun and making it, you know, um, comfortable for everybody, but then also, down to business too because just watching her work it's it's the greatest thing i you know i can walk up and give her a hug or a high five and then you know we joke around for a second and then boom she's on it you know and, and right in the work mode and just yeah and the amount of things that she does and deals with and everybody that, that works there you know that they're dealing with once the mm -hmm. from the beginning of the setup to when it's showtime to everything that happens in between to after and of course i've seen all those stages you know being in all these shows and it's just an amazing thing to watch them to operate, you know, at that yeah. level. But like you said, make it fun. Yeah. I mean, I have to say there's so many all-stars that are, um, involved at knitting factory. Um, and, and it's, it, it's not always like that in places that you work, you know, you always have that, Oh, that's not good. there, that guy or, or that, that girl's going to, you know, be a, a downer. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a special kind of, uh, environment when you go and walk in and look across your staff and you don't have, um, that guy that you don't want there, you know, or that guy that's not having fun at his job or not doing a good job. Um, and that's one thing, you know, again, special about, uh, about knitting factory, maybe just Boise in general, um, is that, you know, I grew up in, um, Bryan College Station, Texas, and that's where, 
Texas A&M was there and there's a sense of pride. Um, and I don't know if you, um, familiar with Texas A&M or if your listeners are, but it's, uh, it's almost, it's almost a little over the top. And, um, when I moved to Boise, um, in 2012, I could sense that again, uh, the sense of pride of people that live in Boise, uh, they love Boise. They, they're proud of Boise and they want to make Boise as good as it can be. Um, and I think that kind of, um, you know, kind of works its way through um, a lot of different things, especially at, at Knitting Factory. I think it just shows where everybody wants to uh, to make it special. Everybody that I know that's ever gone there has has said that or enjoys going to shows there. And honestly, too, I mean, all the, the things that, like I said, the changes along the way, but obviously, you know, with the, the remodel, as well, you know, that happened a couple of years back, just, and mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, but you kind of went in and were able to look at all the different things and just take everything to the next level, you know, from, I remember hearing the sound system for the first yep. time. And then, uh, I think it was Brett or somebody told me that the old sound system was then going to be moved upstairs. And I was like, wow, that's, I mean, yep. even upstairs is going to be amazing. Yeah. You know? And so just every aspect of it. Well, yeah, you know, the, the, we, we obviously had the fire back of, of all things, September 11th of 2018. And, uh, you know, what, what's really sad about the fire is because the reason that it happened is because we were doing a, a simple little upgrade. Uh, there was a, there was an air conditioning duct that was just kind of a sight line issue. And so, um, we are like, hey, let's just move that back just like four feet. And then that way up in the balcony, you'll have a little bit better view of the stage. Um, and so that we had a contractor in there and, and dumb luck, he's cutting on a piece of air conditioning duct. It throws a spark. It sucks itself up into the air conditioner and, and, uh, and catches on fire. And, uh, even though the fire wasn't that big of an area, just the smoke and the water damage, uh, that's re- and then you know the <laughs> the funny thing is is the worst damage was done when they were going through and and um, doing the restoration because they have to cut everything out and they have to you know so you know at first it was like well it, it's you know smells really bad in here and you can tell there's water everywhere but you know whenever you get something wet and they're like that they had to just basically gut the inside of the of the venue and you know it gave us an opportunity to to take a step back and, and it really did. We knew we were going to rebuild and we were going to make it nice, but it was our opportunity to kind of take everything to the next level. Um, we had about six months off to do it. Not only did we get new sound and new lights, um, but it did give us a chance that we just kind of reassessed um, the way that we approached everything um, customer service wise. Um, and Treva was already doing a great job uh, with the event staff and the door host, but that's what we brought in. Um, we, we call them our concierge. Um, and we had the, we had them at each door so that when people walked in, if they had any questions, because a lot of times we take stuff for granted because we know we've been doing this for decades. Um, but then there's times where you think well, these people maybe have never come to the knitting factory before. They don't know what the bathrooms are. They don't know, you know, some of the most simple questions. So we added these customer service concierge at the doors. Um, and it just, it really did elevate our customer service um, almost instantly. Just having a information station, you know, where people could come up and ask the most simple questions and, 
and get simple answers. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it, it definitely showed all the way around, you know, those changes. Like I said, from the beginning, because I've gone there since I was a kid. I was in high school, you know, going to the Big Easy, and uh, which is great to see, still see people like Alan, right, that was working security at the front yep. door when I was a kid. Yep. And then is still involved with the company. And, and you know, his, he's been a, a delight to be around every time I see him as well. And so, uh, again, it's just, it's cool to see how far it's come you know, from back then yeah. and just everything you put in place when you got there and then, you know, after the fire and how just being able to handle that. And, and I think even handling a team through that, right. To It's a tough time. I mean, like right now we're in tough times as well, but um, I just remember that happening and just thinking, Oh my gosh, I can't, I, I couldn't believe it was real, you know? Um, yeah. Cause again, it's, yeah, I was, I was actually out of town when it happened and, and, uh, you know, fan is our, assistant GM there and, and he's at every show. Um, everybody will know his face from the team. Uh, we were closed that day because we were in during those days when we're closed or that's when we can knock out little projects and maybe touch up some paint and do some extra cleaning. And that was the day that we were going to move that, that air conditioning duct. And uh, I was visiting my mom in, in Houston and I get this call and, you know, Finn's like, this is the worst call you're ever going to get from me. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? We're closed today. And that's what he told me. And of course I, I jump on and, and, uh, you know, it's with the, uh, with the internet, you know, I could see, uh, you know, pretty much live video of the smoke billowing out the front, win- the front windows. And <laughs> it was a little helpless from my point of view, because I was so far away when it was happening. Yeah. But we did, we did, you know, um, take it up a notch from there. Uh, that was um, another time where you could see the uh, Boise music community rally around. I know you and and uh, a, a lot of bands put together, you know, some a fundraiser that raised some money for the for the employees. And and uh, we had a couple. We had them um, uh, over at Mardi Gras, the one that you guys uh, mm-hmm. were a part of from all the rock bands. Um, and then a couple weeks later, we had one from a, a bunch of country bands went together and did one. Um, so it was really neat to see the community come out. And, and I knew we must have had something special and we must have been doing something right. Um, just for the seeing the fans and the bands rally around and and, uh, and want to do something for us. Yeah, it was really cool to see that all come together that way too. Because it's one of those things that just shows how great our, our community is here in our, our local music scene and all the all the people you know involved in that because it's one of those things where you know i think they felt like they've had a home and a place to play all these years and so then now they want to you know be able to give back in that way and it's kind of just helping each other out sort of a of a deal and and that was really cool because just seeing the bands come together like that and you know it was also obviously not just about you know what happened with the venue but also all the people you know everyone that's working there yeah. and we everyone was that was the biggest thought too is like oh my gosh this is this is livelihoods and and jobs and, and people we love and care about, you know? And so it was just really um, awesome to see everybody come and rally around that piece of it too, you know? And so, um, yep, yeah, I agree. But that was, I remember though, that was for a while. It just, it, it was tough when the, that news broke that day. Cause I just remember thinking, you know, again, being like a second home, it was just kind of like your, your house, you know, and, and your, your stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just, I remember how, how, um, you know, much of a bummer that was, but like I said, the turnaround, it was a gut, it was a punch to the gut for sure. <laughs> yeah. That that's, yeah, that's a good way to, to put it. But the, the flip side of that, like you said, is the, you know, being able to, you know, come to where, where it's been, 
after that and then you know getting everybody back together and that was that was fun too i remember planning you know that first showcase that we did i think that march where it was kind of a almost a, a local kickoff show you know to yep. re, as yep. the, the the venue was reopening and that was really fun um to everybody to come together kind of check out all the new stuff that's going on and you know the remodeling and everything and then also just have some fun and see some good rock and metal music so that was a really mm-hmm. that was a fun night i always remember that one for sure yep on that note is there you know maybe not just in Boise, but anywhere over your, your whole career, you know, in, in concerts and at these venues. And is there a moment that sticks out to you, I guess, that you could say has been the, the craziest thing that's happened? Well, there's been a few of them, obviously, over the years. Uh, that, you know, the, where I can think back. And uh, there was one time um, back when I was in the, the Spokane location and uh, Megadeth was playing on a Sunday night. And... Um, at the eleventh hour before the uh, concert starts, uh, Dave Mustang wants a third spotlight, a third follow spot. So it's a Sunday night, and uh, where are you going to get a third follow spot? <laughs> and uh, our our LG up there, his name is Doc Young. Um, he's uh, kind of like Madison. Uh, he actually was instrumental in in helping us. Uh, train Madison, but uh, one of his side gigs, he worked at a lighting place, and of course he had a key to the warehouse on the Sunday night. So you know we've got a thousand people lined up around the the block waiting for Megadeth, and he runs over and unlocks the uh, the warehouse and grabs a third follow spot. And uh, where the parking garage on that club is, it's up on the top of the building. And I just happened to be getting on the elevator at the same time uh, whenever they were loading the, the follow spot um, onto the elevator. And so we're writing it down in the way that it worked on the second level was the backstage area. The door, the elevator opens up. Of course, Dave Mustang steps into the uh, the elevator with us. And there we stand, you know, with a large follow spot. And, and uh, we're going down. And he looks over at it and he says, Is that my third follow spot? And we said, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And of course, in Dave Mustang's special way, he said, squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of a neat rock and roll story, you know, that I think about forever. Um, just little things like that. And, I, you know, I was uh, back in the day um, when Damage Plan was around. Uh, it was neat to actually sit there and, and uh, have some conversations with with Dimebag Daryl and Vinnie Paul. And uh, being from Texas, I used to see uh, Pantera back in the day um, outside a little, little live music place um, called the Rock Zone um, outside Houston. And uh, we used to go there all the time. And uh, I, I remember seeing Pantera back when they were a cover band uh, kind of glammed out. Um, and so I was kind of neat sitting there talking about, you know, back in the day with Dimebag and and Vinny about <laughs> those. So um, those are some of the special moments. Just I think back of, you know, since I've, you know, I came into this as a music fan and uh, to be able to meet, uh, you know, some of the people that you idolize um, and realize how just down to earth and real that a lot of these people are. Um, and to have some kind of special moments like that. Those are the ones that stand out to me the most. Did you have a, you know, growing up a favorite band, that then then you got to work 
that show? Uh, probably would be Tesla. Uh, I was, I, I was, and still am a huge Tesla fan. Um, Tesla was the first CD I ever owned. Um, and you know, I saw them back in the eighties, um, when they were, I think they were opening up Def Leppard at a, at a show when I was like third row, um, and just thought, man, these guys are so good. And then fast forward, uh, to, you know, we've worked, um, uh, we've had Tesla through our doors a handful of times. Um, and, uh, and just to meet that band, uh, it was really cool because they were all such nice down earth people. And you just never know when it comes to rock stars, you know, there's, there's so many times that there's people that uh, you think are one way, then you meet them and you think, oh, well, that kind of sucked, you know, because they weren't who you thought they were. Uh, but those guys are all really down to earth. And um, probably uh, Alice in Chains was a, uh, those guys were all really, you know, really good guys. And um, that one always stands out in my mind. It was like, hey, that was, that was pretty cool. You know, Jerry Cantrell is uh, a nice guy and real down to earth as well. That's always been one of my fears of doing, you know, what we do is that I'm going to be around one of these bands I grew up idolizing and had posters on my wall and ha- had all their albums and then meet them and they're not going to be nice or as cool as, you know, I thought that they could be and whatnot. And so, you know, thankfully, I don't know, for me that hasn't, I haven't really ran in- into that too much. But the flip side of that, though, is there's bands where maybe I didn't know as much about there wasn't a, a huge fan of yet, but then I met them and they were such cool, just nice, fun people to be around. I was like, I, I like this band now, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a fan of this yeah. band because they have awesome people. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, there has been a handful and I won't go into it, but there has been a handful where <laughs> I was like, I may never listen to that person's music ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, the good ones overshadow those and you never know what somebody's going through on any given day. So, you know, they're, they're living in a, in a tour bus. Um, I'm sure can really great being away from your, your friends and family and going through, uh, just the road. So, you know, some of the ones I look back on and, and think, man, that was, uh, not the best experience. I mean, you never really know what's going on. Uh, with anyone in even just in everyday life, yep. um, you know, someone might be having a terrible day and then you have a two minute interaction with them and you, and you think, man, that person's this way. And really it's just, you, you just don't know. Um, but for the most part, um, the bands are usually just, you know, really happy in this day and age to be doing what they love and, and uh, interacting with their fans a lot of the bands, um, you know, Tesla is a great example. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I used to see those guys in, in huge arenas and, and, uh, you know, now they're out, you know, playing clubs with a couple thousand people in it. Um, and so I think a lot of them are just really appreciative to be able to, to interact with their fans and, and still be doing what they love. Yeah. And I love seeing that too, when they do, and you can see how much they do appreciate their fans and put their fans first. And like you said, I have ran into that too. And have to think about that. They're like, you said, they're on buses all day and they're, you know, they're being pulled to do, go do this and they, you know, come and do a radio interview or then they go to rehearsal and they sound check. And there's just so many things that they're doing all at once. And, you know, being yeah. on the back end, end of it now, we, we see more of that. So we understand it's, it's a grueling thing. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not just, about yep. getting up on stage and playing. There's far more 
that goes into that and not just for the bands, but I think for, you know, again, going back to all the work you've done and all the planning and prepping and all the things that go into a show. I think a lot of people don't necessarily, you know, they're just going to see the show and then they enjoy the show. But the reason they're able to enjoy the show and, and have that awesome experience is the things that you guys are doing on the back end to make it happen. Yeah, there's so much that goes into it for, a, you know, a three, three and a half hour, four hour um, show. You know, there's you know, people don't realize that um, most of the concerts, uh, there's some very few exceptions, but most of the concerts, you know, load in in the morning, work all day long, setting up, doing sound check, getting everything ready to do a, a, a three and a half hour show and then turn around and tear it all back down, pack it all back in the trucks. Um, and then it's on to the next place. You know, it's, it's, there's so much, um, after being around this, you know, that goes in and goes on behind the scenes, um, where you really appreciate, uh, you know, the guys that are pushing the road cases. I mean, those guys are the hardest working, uh, people and, uh, no one ever even sees them. <laughs> yep. Or if you do see them, you don't realize who they are because they're, you know, standing at the back of the room, sitting there watching all over the show and then, you know, they've got to run back and and uh, tear it all down, you know, get ready for the headliner and then tear it all down and pack it back up into the semi. So it's, um, there's a lot of hard workers that, that probably don't get the recognition that they deserve. Yep, 100%. And that's, you know, obviously, you know, I've seen it being around it in the way that I have, but I think from a different outside perspective, you don't necessarily see that but there's somebody back there like you said doing all those things and and they're they're making the show happen just as much as the band up on stage performing is right i mean they're mm -hmm. they're doing their yep. part of it so real quick i wanted to ask you since you mentioned playing music when you were younger do you ever have a desire to do that be up on stage that kind of thing you know it's a, it's been so long now I, I played bass for a few years and uh, it's just one of those things where it didn't come easy for me i i, I love the music but then you know, you would see someone that was just so super good at it. Um, and that's where I kind of moved into um, working, you know, with the bands and promoting the bands. Um, and I, and that's where, um, that's where my passion was, you know, it's, it is kind of the promotions of it and pulling off, um, you know, shows like that. But I mean, there's, there's definitely whenever, you know, you sit there and on the side stage and you want to air guitar and, headbang and um and would love to do it um i just wasn't that good at it <laughs> yeah i'm uh i'm right there with you i've, I've kind of learned my place with it you know because i i you know played, yep. played drums briefly for a little bit and and i never would say like oh yeah i'm a drummer but one you know one time a couple of the, the local guys came over a few years back and, and to jam a little bit. And that's when I realized how much I really sucked because <laughs> I was like, yeah, and these guys are all top notch. <laughs> I knew that going into it. I had to warn them like, guys, um, just so you know, I don't really play drums that much. It's just yeah. fiddle around here and there. <laughs> and so we had fun with it and everything like that. But that's when I, you know, I, I knew before that, but that's what solidified like, okay, I, I know my place with this. It's to be doing the radio piece and the back end piece. And, and that's, that's my place in music, not to actually be a performer and to play. Yep. yep. And so, you yeah, know, I completely understand for sure. <laughs> yep. And so, of course, our little glimpse of that was, you know, anytime we get up there for 30 seconds to introduce a band, that's like, that's our moment mm -hmm. to have that. And then it's like, okay, sure. and I get off and let the bands do their thing. Cause that's, that's who, you know, people yep. are here. And you know what? You, you guys are really good at it. I mean, it's really, um, you know, kind of sets the tone, it sets the mood and gets that, that camaraderie going. Um, 
where that does kind of like what I was saying earlier about with the local scene, um, that puts our stamp on it. You know, that, that, that makes it where it's ours. This is, this is us in the community um, doing something special tonight. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you saying that because it's one of those things that, you know, we, we just like doing it and to be able to get up there and interact with the audience and then to get the bands and just get the bands warmed up and, it, you know, give them that feeling when they go up onto the stage and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so, well, even like with, with Treva and her, you know, she would get the guys behind the barricade. You know, they, that was one of the things that, that, uh, you know, a lot of places want their barricade guys to be, you know, the, the big bouncer, you know, and the big, uh, you know, the big heavy in front. Um, and that's so not what we do. You know, it's them getting up on the, on the barricade and yelling at the crowd, like, come on, you know, and, and feel the energy, you know, and that's, that's the kind of vibe that we want people to think of when they're, uh, you know, at a show at the knitting factory. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, it's funny you bring up the barricade in Treva, and that reminded me of that. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a show, it was, I think it was Star Set, um, one of the Free X shows, I think in the beginning of 20, I think it was January 2017. I think it was Star Set and Gemini Syndrome. It was a packed house show. It was one of those, like, you know, one in, one out type of shows. And I think I had come up and asked you, and I talked to Treva and everybody about Adam crowd surfing up onto the stage to do the intro. And mm-hmm. so everybody was set. I think Treva had extra people ready in the barricade, you know, and so he, what he was going to do is he was going to crowd. We were going to go up on stage, do the intro and be like, oh, we can't introduce Star Set without Adam. We need him up here. And then all of a sudden Spotlight was going to hit him on the, you know, back uh, behind the floor. And then he was going to crowd surf up to the stage. We'd hand him the microphone and he'd do the intro and everybody would be all pumped up and it'd be fun. Well, the one thing I checked with everybody else, you guys all gave it the okay. We we're good to go. The one thing I didn't do is I didn't ask the band. Uh <laughs> Totally, because oh. normally with free <laughs> X shows, it's a typical like that's just what we do. We know we all introduce yeah. the locals, go up there and do our thing, and then we all kind of come up together as a team and do the uh, headliner, and then usually announce the next free X show while we're doing it. And so I just assumed it was a thing, and so it was bad on my bad to not talk to the band first. And when I brought it up, they're like, "Well, we you know we don't we have a like a long intro because it's it's star set and they have that crazy where it gets dark and they have all these things going on and they're really technical." And, you know, and so they're like, we, you know, we don't really have a, a hard intro. I was like, oh, oh no. And so they, that was right before they went up there and they started, they fired up and I was like, uh, no, no one's gonna be able to tell Adam. He's just going to wonder what's going on. And so it was kind of funny because the show <laughs> just started. Nobody could communicate back to Adam. And he's like, you know what? Screw it. I was, I'm here to crowd surf. I, I said I was going to do it. So he, he went up in the crowd and did his thing anyways. So it was just kind of a funny moment that I, you know, still to yeah. this day, it's a goal to get Adam to crowd surf up on <laughs> stage right. to do an intro but that's just the stuff that like you said i mean that's just funny. having fun with it and making the show fun getting the you know the crowd pumped yep. up and um treva always going out there and doing the getting on the horn and getting people in the the line riled up i mean that's just that's the fun that goes into that stuff you know and it's what i think that's what makes yeah. it makes it special and you know you mentioned beyond all the people in the scene you know coming together with you know photographers like cat you have music mondays 208 doing all the stuff they do um, you have your whole yeah, team. Cool. I mean, all these players like that just make this scene what it is. And, you know, with all that, I want to tell you, you know, no matter what, you're always going to be a huge, huge part of that. I mean, you're leaving a legacy with everything that you've done. I, I can tell you that 100 percent. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm uh, I'm proud of the team and everything that that they've done, you know, uh, in the local music scene and and uh, I'm excited to see where they're going to take it from here. You know, there's, 
we've taken it to a great level. I'm just excited to see what they're going to do with it from this point forward. So, um, with the, uh, you know, I'll be moving back to, uh, the state of Texas where I grew up at to be closer to my family. And it's, I'm excited because with the internet, I'll still be able to, to kind of keep an eye on what's going on. And I feel like this is, you know, um, kind of my baby and hopefully, uh, I'll see it, you know, grow and, and, uh, become something very cool. And you're always, like I said, you're always going to be a part of that, you know, no matter what with the venue itself and the local scene. So no matter where the local scene goes, your name is always going to come up and it always does. It always has, you know, since you've, you've been here in Boise doing that, it'll always, uh, it'll always be part of that, you know? And so no matter what, just know that. Oh, that's, that means a lot to me. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And I, you know, I pre, I appreciate everything that you've done over the, the years, you know, and just all the work that we've done together. You know, we had an awesome team with just what we were doing with the locals, you know, and the shows, just everything. And so, you know, that's always going to mean a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, what's really neat is it's a true partnership uh, with the X and, and knitting factory. Um, I mean, the knitting factory is a stage and we've got the, you know, the, the bands and everything, but um, you guys really, um, you guys do a great job at putting the fans in, in, in a great in contact with with their with their idols and, and the the bands that they love. So I mean it um, it's a it's a neat relationship that we've cultivated here and and uh, you know in, in the age of uh, digital um, music where you can go to Spotify and you can go to all these other different mediums, um, it's the it's the actual live jocks that you guys have on air um, and because it's informative and it helps um, tell people, Hey, this is a new band that's coming through. Um, and it's, it's really is something that um, gets lost a lot of times in the digital age is the human aspect of it um, that you guys still deliver here. Um, Cause that's really what it's all about with radio. I think Um Otherwise, you know, everyone can just listen to digital, you know, music all they want, but it's not going to let them know, okay, this band, if you like this band, um, then check out this band. Um, or you might not even know about this band. Um, I mean, look at uh, look at the band Avatar. I mean, that uh, I had no idea who Avatar was, even though they've been around for, I mean, what have they been around for over a decade, I guess? Mm-hmm. Um, until you guys brought them in as a as a free act, and now, I mean, that band, um, that that band is phenomenal. The the stage show and everything they have. Um, so, you know, kudos to you guys for for highlighting bands like that. Uh, Star Set's another great example. You know, there's just bands that I would have never known who they were if y'all hadn't brought them to the to the market. And it's amazing too to see the the turnouts for that too, and the people that get so into those bands and become a huge fan i mean avatar i'll always remember a couple things actually that first free x show and just how a amazing it was and great at performers they are but the just the turnout for it how many people became big fans of avatar then they came through a couple years later and they played x fest yeah it was in the daylight and i was like oh man are they still gonna have that same vibe that they have in the dark you know can they do this in the daylight? I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> I, I kept telling people because I was like, okay, I've seen them the one time. I was like, I'm telling you right now, Avatar is going to steal the show. You know, Breaking Benjamin was headlining. Yep. Saint Estonia was playing. Yep. Like, just watch Avatar. And there's people that maybe hadn't hadn't heard of them or they had heard them on the station but hadn't seen them yet. And it was the funniest thing because after saying all that, the singer, I'll, I'll never forget this. I was, I was standing side stage watching. He came over to go grab a drink and like gives me his big high five during their performance, goes back out. 
and he's there just rocking for a few more minutes. I remember at some point he gets on the mic and goes, I think we just stole the show, you know, like in his accent. Yep. And I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I told you he was going to steal the show. And even they knew, like, they knew it because they felt that energy from all the people there, you know. And so that's just yep. one of those things. Yep. That, that was a great show. Yeah. And that's another great example of, um, you know, Trader's Gate was the local band that, that opened that, that show. You know, I mean, it was that was a that was a neat way that Boise had a chance to show off some of their uh, um, their musicians on that stage as well. Yeah, and that was the wasn't that the we did the uh, the Battle of the Bands at the the Knitting Factory. Battle of the that? Bands. Yeah, yeah, some great memories like that. That I'll I'll, think, I'll remember some of these uh, experiences like that forever. Um, and you know, it's it's exciting to see where some of these bands are going to take it from this point. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the most exciting things, too, is like I said before, seeing those guys go up on stage or hearing their new albums that come out and knowing that they're mm-hmm. from here, they're, they're friends, they're in our own backyard, you know, and so, and in your point about radio, too, you know, with the local piece, you know, that's the one thing we always say is live and local, right? And there's nothing more live and local than, than live real people on the radio and live local mm-hmm. concerts, you know, and I mean, that those two things blend together so much and, you know, being able to do you know, ticket giveaways and meet and greets and fun contests and all these things that correspond with the shows. It makes it makes it more of a it makes it more of a community event. It's not just a concert. Exactly, and that's why you know whenever we have those big shows, I'm like, okay, I'm blocking out my entire day. <laughs> you know, this is going to be a mm-hmm. whole day experience, a whole day event. It's not just when the lights you know come on or I guess well turn off. There's so many of those shows where you know I'll, I'll you know show up during you know doing my day shift up at the at the club and you know I get there. Even if it's late morning, you know, because I know it's gonna be a long night. There's, you know, people already camped out in front of the in front of the club. You know, <laughs> it's like how long have y'all been here? Um, and uh, you know, sometimes they're up there, you know, seven eight o'clock in the morning waiting to because they just want to be the first person through the door. Um, so and it's you know it just makes it a, a special event. And there's some of those times too where it's it's familiar faces that are always up there you know, at the front. And actually, Dan Stevens was always one of those, you know, at, at the local shows oh, yeah. and the X yep. shows. I, I could always count on I was going to go to a show at Knitting Factory and he would be right there, right in the front of the line, ready to go, you know, and just... Um, oh, I know. Yeah, he, there's, uh, he was definitely the uh, um, epitome of the local music scene. He was at every show, um, supported all the bands. Uh, he was like a... Uh, I know there for a while, uh, he, he was like a... Uh, a roadie for a handful of bands, just the generosity of just wanting to be part of the scene. Yeah, he did it. He just did it because he loved being around it and wanted to be involved with it. Mm-hmm. And there's no better person to do that, you know, than him because he was, he loved it so much and was always up there in the front and, sure. you know, and all that stuff. But that just goes to show again, the, the just the community aspect and it being about going back to yep. the, the people, you know? And so it's funny you say that too, because I'd always, every time I go by to park, to find parking around the knitting factory, that's the first thing I do is look down that alley and be like, okay, where's the line at? How long is the line? You yeah, know, is there people yeah. lining up already? And so it's just uh, the whole thing is a, a fun experience. Yeah, but I would always uh, when it, when we would have one of the big posters on the poster boxes or in the club, um, I would always go grab the the show poster and go out and try to find okay who's been here the longest, you know, and and there'd usually be the person that'd been there since seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning, and um, I'd give them the poster and sometimes they would be there for the meet and greet and they'd go in with the show poster and get it signed by the, by the band. Um, and I got a kick out of it just watching the thrill, uh, because, um, that was me, uh, mm-hmm. back, you know, 25 years ago. Um, and back before you could buy your tickets on online and the ease of the internet, 
Um, you know, we used to always have to camp out overnight out at the malls um, down in Texas. Uh, one of the big, it'd be like J.C. Penney or one of those kind of stores would have it, um, a Ticketmaster, Ticketron, or whatever it was back in the day. Um, uh, you know, to to line up outside, and then they would open the doors. You know, and you'd run as fast as you could through the uh, um, through the mall to get to the where they sold the tickets and. Um, you know, it seemed like even back then, you'd, you, you, if you could get on the floor uh, floor seats, it was a big deal because um, everyone else across the state was doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you'd camp out overnight and still get lower level seats, you know. And that's one of the things I always try to remember, you know, with doing this is just those experiences. Because same, like, just like you, I was I was a kid in, in my room getting excited about new albums that would come out and going to see a concert and being able to go get tickets to it and, you know, do everything. Mm-hmm for that. And so I always have to just remember that, you know, even if it's a long day and it's grueling and you know, you have to go do this thing or that thing. I always remember just never take it for granted. Yep. You know, those experiences because it's just, that was what I dreamed of as a kid. So again, Gary, you know, again, want to thank you for everything that you've done, you know, and it goes, it goes a long way and it goes beyond just the years that you were doing it. It'll, it'll have a lasting effect for sure. Well, thanks Randy. I I appreciate it. And and uh, I've had a lot, a lot of fun doing it. Uh, it's not every day you get to turn a, a, a fun hobby as a kid into a career and, and do it for as long as I have. I think, uh, I think I've been doing it for almost 18 years now. So, um, you know, with the Big Easy and the Knitting Factory. So um, I definitely appreciate it. And uh, I've, I've had a lot of fun.